The Oklahoma City Thunder miss Lou Dort tremendously. Clay Thompson gives Thunder fans PTSD. And does Josh Giddy have another weapon up his sleeve offensively? We'll talk about it on today's Locked On Thunder. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by Prize Picks. We're going to dive into the Oklahoma City Thunder getting some PTSD from Clay Thompson. Aaron Wiggins continues to play very well as a starter, but the Warriors are very tough to beat. SGA did not quite have it in this game. Trey Mann might be back, and Lou Dort is desperately missed by OKC. Today's episode is brought to you by Price Pricks. Price Pricks is there for you on the app or pricepicks.com. Use the code locked on to get up to a 100% instant deposit match guarantee up to $100 with the promo code locked on. In this game, the Thunder did not have Usman Jang or Jeremiah Robinson Earl, who are both with the G League team. Lou Dort is still out with that hamstring injury, will not play against the Lakers either. Poku is out, Chet Holmgren is out, and then for the Warriors, they did not have Steph Curry. Look, this team misses Lou Dort, and there's not really any way around that. He has gotten his fair share of criticism, incredibly uh, criticized this year by Thunder fans, especially in the first half of the season and the first uh, week of the season. We had a really, really, really cold streak. But he is a key cog in what the Thunder want to do, and he ties this roster together. On top of that three-point shot coming around recently, over the last month, Ludort is shooting 44% from three since January 1st. 44% from three on five attempts per game since January 1st. That is incredible for... Lou Dort, overall this season, he's shooting 45% from corner threes and 36% overall on threes this season, according to Cleaning the Glass. That is a huge weapon for OKC. They're above 500 in games in which Lou Dort shoots uh, 35% or better from three-point land. But aside from that three ball coming around, the Thunder, who have predicated themselves on defense and have been a top 10 defense in the NBA and have... uh, gotten turnovers and out in transition and have uh, made their bread and butter and how they win games based upon defense, they're missing Lou Dort. Not only is he an elite point of attack defender and an elite defender one-on-one in isolation against the best scorer on the other team, but he's very switchable. He also brings the intensity. He rises the level of defense and rises the expectation and rises the intensity of his teammates, and it helps others play better. And part of that helping others play better is the fact that he can get others in position to succeed. He's organizing the defense. He's making sure everyone's on the right matchup and understands what they need to do. He's an extension of Mark on the court, on that end of the floor. And he erases mistakes that others make. Like, he is able to cover so much ground because of his lateral quickness, because of his ability to fight through screens and draw illegal screens, which would have been very helpful against Golden State as Isaiah Joe draws one, but they still got away with a ton of illegal screens in that game. Like, you see from Lou Dort the ability to have himself play great defense, but also uh, 
as I was saying, erase others' mistakes, playing in the passing lanes, uh, rotating over to help, filling in the gaps whenever guys might have lapses on the end of the end of the floor. He makes everything look better and run smoother on the defensive end. And so as he kind of got criticized in the first half of the year and people wonder what his value is, wonder if he's a long-term starter, wonder if he's going to be um, a part of this team moving forward, I think that the answer is a clear yes in that the value in Lou Dort is all of these things that, that kind of round everything off. And so he might not be your very best player, obviously. He might not be your very, very you know, top five best player on the roster talent-wise. But what he provides as a skill set, what he provides as a, um, as a winning formula will keep him in the starting lineup, I think. Even though you might argue, hey, this guy might be better than Ludor overall. This guy might be better than Ludor at this aspect of basketball. But it's just what he brings together that will allow him to start games or close games for OKC. He has a big role in this team for a reason, and you see that when Lou Dort's on the floor, they've been the more physical team. They've been the more um, intense team. They've, they've brought aggression more than their opposition. And when he's off the floor, like in the games that he's missed, those have been the games at the Thunder that we say, oh, yeah, uncharacteristically, they, they, they didn't get started early tonight. Uncharacteristically, they're getting outworked tonight. You'd be hard-pressed to find one of those uncharacteristic games about getting outworked or about uh, not having the intensity that they normally have whenever Lou Dort is playing. And that's a telltale sign of what Lou Dort can bring. So he's he's awesome. Uh, he's great, and the Thunder miss him a lot. Uh, hopefully they have him back for Portland, but they will not have him back tonight against LA, and who knows how long this hamstring injury will last. Uh, with hamstrings, as Mark pointed out, it's just about how your body responds to them. It's it's kind of a up-in-the-air type of thing. Uh, Aaron Wiggins had another really good game. Like I, I think that with Wiggins, we get lost in the funny like starting stats and how now he's lost twice as a starter. They've both been to Golden State. Hey, it's tough to beat Golden State. But like As a basketball player, Aaron Wiggins will win you more games than not whenever you give him more minute load, whenever you give him more work because he is able to impact the game. He scored 19 points, two rebounds, an assist, two steals. He got a nice and one bucket, two for three from three, 25 minutes of action. He is so good at cutting. Like two of his eight made shots were just because he was waiting, he was patient, and then he cut on the defense. Shea found them on that great bounce pass for one of them. Uh, it was awesome to watch him work and finish through contact in this game off the dribble. Like he was able to absorb contact. Like I said, got the end one earlier, but still most of his buckets at the rim were with him bumping shoulders with another defender and then finishing really good on the catch and shoot. He can score at all three levels, score off the bounce and play really good defense. Like that is a prime trait that you need to, to stay on the floor in the NBA. You need to be able to score some way. You need to be able to stay on the floor defensively and be really good in the system. And he's able to be really good defensively and switch defensively, which the Thunder need. And, and without Lou Dort, he's one of their best switchable defenders that they can put out there um, on, on the roster. So Wiggins played really well in this start. Of course, did not win. Of course, the starting streak is over. I believe it's now, what, 8-2 and two for him as a starter. Uh, both losses coming to Golden State. But it was still fun to watch Wiggins work in this one. I think that Josh Giddy showed an incredible weapon that he should add to his game more, or or not that he should, I think that he's going to try, but like if he can add this to his game more, it will overhaul the way that he scores the basketball. And it was one simple play. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about Trey Mann getting his groove back and SGA just not having it. The Thunder lose to Golden State, but tonight they have a chance to be a part of history, and you should simply sit back 
and enjoy the Thunder's historic ride. We'll talk about all that coming up, but first, I want to say right now, I've got good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCK15, get 15% off of your next order. You can go there right now and try their amazing flavors. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. You can find them at Walmart and Sam's also in the pharmacy section. So you can go just around the corner and find you a Built Bar there or order them online. They have so many great specialty flavors as well. Right now, they have a limited time only grasshopper cookie flavor. They have caramel apple as well. Uh, my personal favorite is, is cookies and cream. You can buy that year-round. 130 calories, 14 grams of protein, 4 grams of sugar in that cookies and cream built bar. You're going to want to try it pre-workout or post-workout or even as a meal replacement or a snack. Check it out today, built.com, promo code like 15 15% off of your next order. We are back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LO Thunderpod. Email the show, LOThunderpod at gmail.com. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms so you never miss an episode, including on YouTube and other podcasting platforms like Apple and Spotify. We're here for you every single day. Subscribe. Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Speaking of the Lockdown Podcast Network, check out the Lockdown NBA YouTube channel, which will have an NBA trade deadline stream for you to watch at 2 p.m. Eastern time to hear our reactions to the biggest trades that happen on Thursday. So make sure you check that out on trade deadline day by subscribing to the Lockdown NBA YouTube channel. Josh Giddy played really well. It's going to get lost in this blowout loss to Golden State, but he scored 15 points, 7 rebounds, 8 assists, a steal, and 4 blocks. He did have 4 turnovers, but 2 of the turnovers he threw a bit behind J-Dub, and J-Dub just kind of wasn't ready for it, and so it resulted in turnovers 2 times that way. He had a traveling violation uh, where he was kind of stumbling through the lane then kicked it out to the top of the key. That sometimes gets called, that sometimes just doesn't get called. And then his other turnover, he, for the fourth one, he got walled up on a drive. Uh, really good job by the Warriors defender to not foul him and just uh, stop him from driving. Thus, Koskadi tried to just panic and throw the ball to the corner for Muscala, and it got d- stolen away because there was nothing else he could have done. He couldn't get the shot up uh, over the defender, and so he just had to hope he'd get the pass through to Muscala. He couldn't. That was the fourth turnover. But in this game, you saw Josh Giddy. You know, kind of expand his offensive game and give you glimpses of what this can look like whenever it's all put together. He had a beautiful runner over Jonathan Kaminga where he's able to uh, have Kaminga on his hip. Kaminga jumps to defend the shot, but the runner just goes right over him uh, for the floater. You can't contest that. Like, like that is just a shot that as Josh Giddy continues to get more comfortable with it, he's been uh, relying on it heavily the last two years. As he gets it down more, there's just no there's just no contesting that shot because it's such a high arcing floater. He's 6'9", according to him, 6'8", according to the roster. Uh, so it's going to be tough to defend that uh, for any player on that floater. He He's using his size so much better over the last month, and you've got to look at that again against Golden State whenever he was going downhill and just bumps Jordan Poole right off of his spot, bullies him in the lane uh, for a floater for another bucket. And then the rest of these shots came off the dribble. He's dribbling past the defense and finishing with his left hand. He blew past Ty Jerome. Again, Ty Jerome's not a great defender. Um, you know, it, it's not exactly, you know, front page news that you blow past Ty Jerome, but 
it's still cool to see that for Josh Giddy, who many people, you know, expect him to lack burst and he lacks athleticism and he does, he's not going to be a guy that blows past many guys off the bounce, but he's able to do that a little bit more. We saw it happen to Jalen Green as well on Saturday for Josh Giddy. Uh, and Jalen Green, of course, is an explosive athlete, very quick. And so it's impressive to get past, get past him on the dribble for Josh Giddy. And then we saw the shot. So seven of his eight shots were made off the dribble. The other one was a give-and-get jumper. He, he passed the ball to Muscala, kind of on the low block. Muscala gave it right back to him, and he was at the nail. He rose up at the jump shot. But the, the shot that I think shows you what, what weapon Josh Giddy needs to work on we're of course always going going to couch all of this, and of course, um, just bang the drum for Josh Giddy needs to work on his three point shot. He needs to shoot better from three. Chip England and Josh Giddy need to be rooming together all summer long, and they need to work on his three point shot. Okay, I hear you, of course. But another area outside of that three point shot is the play that we saw against Golden State, where he's dribbling down the floor, stops on a dime, pulls up elbow jumper, like. If he continues to set the tone that this is a guy that's going to go full head of steam at the rim and can pull up for a floater while gliding to the rim and can bump you off your spot like he did to Jordan Poole, and then all of a sudden you're on your heels because, hey, the scouting report says this guy can't shoot from three, but then all of a sudden he can shoot in the mid-range, then all of a sudden he can just stop at the elbow and pop a jumper. Like That changes how you defend Josh Giddy. That changes how much attention he gets from the defense. And the more attention he gets, the less attention someone else gets. That's just how this works. That's how the recipe goes. That changes the way that you anticipate how to strategize and, how, and who to put Josh Giddy on. If he can bully smaller guards, that might take them out of the equation. If he can stop at a dime, though, as you have a bigger guy reeling because you don't think he can shoot and he sags off of Josh Giddy and then Josh Giddy pulls up from the elbow, that changes that strategy. You can't put your best couple defenders on him because you're going to need your best defender of your team on Shea. And then Chet Holmgren will be back and he's going to warrant uh, your best big defender down low. And now you're kind of caught where... It's pick your poison time if, if Josh Giddy can get this down. And that's a long ways away. Uh, that's a big if, but we saw it happen in this game. And that's a play that I think signifies something other than the three-point shot that Josh Giddy should work to master, that Josh Giddy should um, be hoping to add to his game. We've seen what adding the three what adding the mid-range shot for Shea's game while also not having um a, a you know three ball that is otherworldly. I mean SGA can stroke the three ball, but he doesn't rely on it at all on his game. Uh, can do for Shea as a score. He's averaging 30 points. It's not going to happen for Josh Giddy. But so far this season, on 284 attempts in the mid-range, Josh Giddy is shooting 42% from the mid-range. That places him in the 64th percentile, according to Cleaning the Glass. In the long mid-range, Josh Giddy is shooting 34%. In the short mid-range, Josh Giddy is shooting 43% uh, in the short mid-range. Like, he is in the 64th percentile as a mid-range score. Uh, last year, he shot very well in the mid-range, shot 44% in the 76th percentile uh, as a as a wing, according to Cleaning the Glass. If he continues to master that specifically off the dribble, just rising up off the dribble from the elbow, that will do wonders for his game. He also had two assists to Shea uh, of those uh, eight assists that he had in this game, which obviously gets fans excited, obviously, uh, gets fans out of their seat, uh, given that connection. But I really believe that Josh Giddy can become a nice score in the NBA whenever you factor in his offensive game as a whole, if he can become a nice score from inside the arc. He's also a great passer to set guys up and create shots for others. 
you already know that the defense has to pay mind to other players more so than him just by the nature of how good this roster is going to be. Like It can create this overall offensive game for Josh Giddy. He's going to go mix it up and get second-chance looks in the rebounds. He's going to do all these different things to tie together your offense. And he's playing better defense this year than he was as a rookie. He's improved on the end of the floor. And a lot of the defensive improvement comes from effort, comes from growing into your body, and just comes from sheer want to. Because it ain't like he's gotten overly more athletic than he was a year ago. He's gotten a lot stronger than he was a year ago. But you know, he's still the same guy besides the strength, which has helped him improve defensively. And it's mainly just because he wants to improve defensively and because of the standard in OKC is that you're going to have to play defense if you want to stay on the floor, just as they've tried to make Trey Mann into a really steady defender. We'll talk about Trey Mann coming up, but first, I want to say right now about our good friends over at Price Picks, folks. Price Picks is incredible. It is there for you with the over unders for all these fun prop bets. You can pick two to six players and pick if they're going to score more or less than their prize pick projections, and you can win 25 times your money on any entry. So there's no competing against other players. There's no you know you versus a shark that has studied all the algorithms, has studied all the trends and actions of what's happening. It's just you versus the projections. So for example, tonight you can pick LeBron James only score over under 36 and a half points or 35 and a half points. You can pick more or less and couple that with Shea. Will Shea score more or less than 23 and a half points? Bada bing, bada boom. You hit both, you can win 25 times your money, and it's a lot of fun. So make sure you check it out. Price Picks offers projections on any single sport that you can watch and you can think of, including NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, PGA, college, football, men and college basketball, soccer, WNBA, eSports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, Eurobasket, cricket, and more. Entries are made in 60, in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. It's safe, offers fast withdrawals, and it's operational in 30 states and Canada. Check it out today with the app and also prizepicks.com. Use the code LOCKDOWN. Receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 when you use the code LOCKDOWN. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Check out the Game to Game Podcast for a 15-minute or less recap of the association from the night before. Game to Game Podcast on the Lockdown NBA feed. Subscribe to the Odyssey app or YouTube for Lockdown NBA, as well as for our Trade Line show coming up on Thursday. Trey Mann looked back. like He looked really good. He seemed to have his aggression. He seemed to have his confidence back. He took 17 shots tonight. In 25 minutes, he took 10 shots in his first 10 minutes of action. He shot 47% from the floor, two for six from three. He put up 18 points, two rebounds, and assists, only one turnover. The biggest thing to me in this game was Trey Mann had no hesitation whenever he got the catch and shoot from Shea. Over the last month plus, we've seen him catch an open three look, kind of hesitate, and then the defense reacts to him, and now now you're kind of caught in a catch-22 there. He let it fly on Monday, and that's what you need from him. He got a pass out as well where he got a flyby from the defender, sidestepped him, and launched the three. He went in the lane on a, on a dish out from Kenny Hustle and bullied Dante DiVincenzo on a cutting layup to bump him off a spot and create a wide-open look in the lane. He had the floater over Jordan Poole. He had that stop on the dime mid-range jumper. Like, Trey Mann was taking shots, wasn't chucking, but was 
playing aggressive and was playing confident. Like that's what you want from Trey Mann. There were moments over the last month where Trey Mann just did not look confident and did not look like he wanted to shoot, looked afraid of the basketball, looked afraid of shooting the ball, and he still did good at, at creating for others. Uh, he still did good at driving, but when it came to shooting, which should be the skill set that he that he kind of evolves into being his his marquee skill set in the NBA, that was not there over the last month. And these last couple of games, dating all the way back to that Warriors game at home on Monday, uh, last Monday, whenever he took that pull-up jumper, pull-up uh, off the dribble three, um, which we didn't think he'd take at all early in the shot clock, as I pointed out in that episode. Uh, since that moment, it's been a turning point for him. It's been a turning point for him uh, confidence-wise. SGA had one of those games where he just didn't have it. I mean, 20 points. Credit to uh, Andrew Wiggins. We've talked a lot about how, oh, Memphis is the only team that stopped uh, that stopped SGA. Uh, the Heat zone has stopped SGA. Those two the, the two. Uh, teams that have stopped them. The Warriors have too, and, and that's a lot of credit to uh, Andrew Wiggins. So Andrew did a great job on SGA. 20 points, 4 assists, no turnovers, uh, 3 fouls, and was a minus 17. He shot 37% from the floor on 16 attempts, 0 for 1 from 3, but did go 8 for 8 at the free throw line. Yeah, I mean, every player's going to have nights like that, and you'll see how he rebounds tonight against the Lakers on TNT and what could be a historic game and what will be a raucous atmosphere. I mean, whenever you pay 72,000 bucks for a ticket, you better, you better uh, enjoy it. So I think that the fans will be rowdy tonight as they try to witness history. OKC does lose the 141 to 114. Clay Thompson had 42 points with 12 threes. Oh gosh, that was not fun to watch that. That, that was reminiscent of 2016, which made us all want to cry poke our eyes out and and just turn off the television on such a late, late night as the team is on the West Coast. Uh, the Warriors had five in double figures. OKC had four in double figures. This lead was tied twice, and it was a one lead change for OKC whenever the Thunder started out on a 9-2 to run. Steve Kerr caused a timeout, and then that was all she wrote. Credit to Steve Kerr. Credit to the Warriors. Credit to that home crowd environment. Um, in Golden State, the 9-2 run by OKC did not phase them. They came out in dominated the game after that. The Warriors won on the glass 45-36. to OKC won the turnover battle 16, uh, forcing 16 turnovers and only giving away 11. OKC won points in the paint 52-48. to Warriors dominate second chance points 43-5. to OKC won fast break points 15-13. to uh, The Thunder shot 48-34-71. Warriors shot 57-52-43. and the MVP of this game, I'm going to give the MVP to Trey Mann. I think Trey Mann deserves it for how aggressive he's being recently um, and how good that he has looked in this game. And then I'll close today's show by talking about LeBron's chase for history. Enjoy it. Like This is a really cool moment for Oklahoma City. This is a really cool moment for Oklahoma. Like This team, this organization, this state, this city has been attached to so many historic events and they'll be on the end of trivia questions and they'll be remembered forever. And, they, and, and it's been a line even this year. We've seen Portland's all-time leading scorer, Dame, happened here. That happened in Bricktown. Uh, this will happen against Oklahoma City. It will, you know, as long as he can score 36 points tonight, which I think LeBron will, if he does that, you'll always be tethered to the NBA's all-time leading scorer. Because LeBron has no signs of slowing down. Um, he's going to make this record untouchable. Like, forevermore, Oklahoma City will be in 
the history archives. Like, that's really awesome. On top of what we've already seen here, we've already seen Dirk's last playoff series happening at OKC. We've seen Kobe's last road game in the NBA happen in OKC. We've seen, of course, Russell Westbrook clinch a triple-level season in OKC, a record that we never thought would be broken in the history of the world. He put up a 2020-20 game. Like, all these different historic events, and there's so many more we can go on and rattle about, but we're at the end of the show. There's so many more. But all these things happened in or with OKC involved, and it put the Thunder on the map, it put OKC on the map, it put Oklahoma on the map, and it turned this flyover state into a fantastic, fantastic ecosystem, and I'm very appreciative to be a part of it. You should be too, so win or lose, you know, no matter if this comes in a night that's spoiled like the, like the Thunder did to Dame, or a night where the Lakers win this game, put all that aside for a moment and just appreciate how awesome this ride is, because if you were an Oklahoman 10 you know, well, at this point, you know, for 15, 16, 17, 20 years ago, you would have not believed that this could be possible for us. So it's pretty cool. It's pretty awesome. So make sure that you appreciate it. Up next uh, on Wednesday's show, we're going to recap that Lakers game. Thursday's show, stock watch on the Thunder roster. And Friday, a trade deadline recap show. How do the moves around the NBA impact OKC? We'll talk about all that upcoming this week. Subscribe across all podcasting platforms so you never miss an episode. And until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another.